everyone, and welcome to the 30th episode of The Lab. As always, you have the three of us sitting here, Brandon Weirig, Alex Trotter, and I'm Lou Follenkamp. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed our last episode talking about coaching, uh, you know, not only the athletes, but also maybe your interns um, or maybe your PT students. Uh, today, what we're going to kind of talk about um, we're going to kind of bring up what we think makes good coaches. Now, this might not necessarily just be a coach in general. We're going to talk specifics here in regards to a speed coach, strength coach, and a physical therapist. Um, just for a little reference, if you guys want, you guys can go over to the Garage Gym PT podcast. And Dave and I actually talked about um, why we wanted to start that and you know what we think makes a good physical therapist, especially for athletes. Um, but I'll, I'll dive into that a little bit here too today. Um, so to start it off, we're going to go to Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have so many episodes where I get that. Yeah. Out of you. Um, but Brandon, what to you makes a good speed coach? Uh, speed coach in general is like, you have so many different tools that you can use, but it's not like overdoing tools and are you using them tools correctly? Like yesterday on my Instagram, I posted about how wickets are a great tool for top end speed with help get vertical uh, impulse and things like that and help with oscillation and things. And then, but they're not great for starts. Yeah. You don't want to get that cycle going too fast. You don't want to get too much vertical impulse too soon. You want to get a nice horizontal push where there's so many coaches out there that will think that if I'm stepping over this hurdle on the gate, that I'm getting good knee lift, good knee drive. It's easy to kind of make that negative step easier, but you're getting away the whole point of you're trying to get the ground going. So just kind of using the tools in the correct setting and then being able to cue. That's just like any coaching. You have certain cues. Everybody kind of hits different cues. Like the, the end game might be the same, but just having multiple cues that work for different people. And then I think the biggest thing is just kind of being able to demonstrate it. Like you can sit there and talk about something for the whole time, but can you actually physically show the person or the person you're trying to teach? Yeah. What Some you're trying visual, to get accomplished. Visual yeah. learners. Yeah. So being able to explain it, being able to actually do it, and then using the correct tool at the correct time. Makes sense. Now, as far as like um, that goes with your tools that you were speaking of, from because I'm just curious now, from the time that you started to now, what is like one tool of the training that you would have added in sooner? And then what's one tool that you would have been like, ah, I probably could have avoided that or like never used that one? Mm. Speed ladders. <laughs> Never even got it. My, my internship, man, we didn't use those. We bashed yeah. those in day one. Uh, probably like an overspeed treadmill. Mm. Something I could have had a lot sooner. It would have been nice. Um, just especially being in Ohio, you yeah. go outside all the time. But it also forces you to kind of be in that good top end speed position. If you lean too far forward, you're not going to be able to handle it. If your hip yeah. gets out of place, you're not going to be able to handle it. Yeah. Things like that. Speaking from experience, yeah. <laughs> been there. <laughs> and then. Things I would probably shy away from. Um, speed ladders. I mean, obviously speed ladders. <laughs> yeah. I really don't think I've ever really shied away from. I mean, I sometimes I get away from, I'll get away from drills that I kind of like thinking like, why did I get away from them? Uh-huh. And one is to be an overspeed drill, like mm-hmm. where you're physically getting pulled by a band. Mm-hmm. Um, people usually do that way too high. Like if you go anything over, it's kind of like a an overspeed or yeah. over max, like anything over like, three percent or five percent you're not gonna be able to handle it and you're just like totally throwing your form out the window (laughs) and then like some people just tie like six bands together and just 
straight up drag these little kids that can't even really run normal as it is with overspeed. And it's just, that's, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to do. If you get like a 1080 sprint machine that can actually calculate yeah, like your, That'd be perfect. your perfect, like your top end speed. And then they can actually calculate 3% of what that is to where it pulls you in the perfect position. That'd be ideal. But a lot of people don't realize when you overspeed that your nervous system isn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. And it's very common for you to throw up over something like that. Mm-hmm which is another thing, but yeah, something I would definitely, I don't use enough, I guess, but when it comes to things that I would shy away from, I don't think yeah. I get too crazy when it comes to things like that, mm-hmm. but it's an expensive device. Oh, it's like what? 15 grand, 20 grand. Oh no, it was like 20 grand. 20. Yeah. They're, they're not they're crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't yeah. anticipate that. Simply faster. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was always just curious about that. What your thoughts, thoughts on it were. Yeah, like from what I've noticed, you've never, I mean, you have like a, a wheelhouse of exercises that you go through and they're essentially like KPIs or, you know, like testing the kids, to make sure that you're progressing them as well. Yeah. The thing with speed is like you can produce, like you take powerlifters for instance. Yeah. I mean, you take away like their body fat percentage, like there's things like that, but a lot of them just don't have the rhythm or the force, or the force, um, <laughs> produce the force in the way they want to go and the technique yeah. of it. Yeah. So, like, people say force is king, but like, if you can't rhythmatically put that in a in a in a sequel, mm-hmm. you're not going to be going anywhere. Like, you can, expressing it. Yeah. yeah, you can see some dude win the hundred meter dash. It technically was like shit, but if you break it down frame by frame, everything's just all over the place. It's yeah. all over the place, but it's like smoothly all over the place. Yeah, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, control chaos. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. Which. Yeah, you did that with uh, me last summer yeah. when I did that one sprint or whatever. Cause like the, my force production was just in the wrong area. Yeah. So you were like trying to make corrections and it was just not, it was just not clicking. <laughs> need a certain amount of mobility to get that. Yeah. Well, I was just having like belly to quad was just smacking. So like I couldn't like raise my knees to where like I needed them to be. Yeah. For what speed you hit though. It's kind of scary. I got a short burst in there after about 50 feet. You got a good chance of getting away. <laughs> and yeah. I'm safe. Yeah. I don't got it anymore. Just gotta yeah. get that sneak attack. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, so as far as like uh your PT stuff, mm-hmm. what do you think of? Um, regards to what? Like just in general what I look for in like a PT? Yeah. There was a there's a new individual over there today when I went. Oh, yeah, Dalton. Dalton was there. Dalton, if you're listening to this, you did good. You did you did fantastic this week. I'm glad uh, you say that now. Mike's on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think the, the the number one thing that I would look for, and like especially when I'm trying to send athletes to a PT, um, like when they go to school per se, um, if I have the time and I can call them, if this PT can't even hold a conversation, um that that's usually a red flag for me because I want them to be able to communicate effectively. Um, I think if the PT can't communicate effectively, it's, there's just no patient buy-in and I mean, you're trusting someone with your recovery process. And I mean, if I was just, you know, basically sitting here completely quiet as I'll get out and my patient's trying to tell me things and I can't, you know, do that. That's, it's not necessarily a great way to kind of start that. What, what I therapeutic alliance, right? Um, the other thing though, I think is when they put you through the same stuff every time, 
Uh, I've seen, or like they use the same number of reps and sets for every exercise and every movement. It's the same number of reps and sets and it never changes from session to session. Yeah. Uh, even as they progress, even yeah. if they are progressing. I mean, sounds like a certain college that we deal with. Did we, you see that workout this week? We won't say anything. I have not. Oh, I got to share that when we get to the gym. Right? Oh, yeah, that's going to be lovely. But it just kind of drives me nuts when there's no progressions, really. There's no, like, rhyme or reason to the exercise prescription. Um, so, like, but for example, um, using this example again, um, I had done PT when I was in rugby. And the first PT I went to just like, had me doing clamshells. The total knee person was doing clamshells. And I was like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. And then I saw the other person was doing, like, the same things I was doing all the time. I'm like, this is a bunch of bull. I like I don't, this this ain't it. So I left and then went to another PT and he had me doing a bunch of like like I actually trained like an athlete as opposed to training like basically like the total knee patient. So I feel like if you're gonna be sending an athlete an athlete should work with an athlete. And if that person has no idea how to apply like strength and conditioning principles, but like has no idea like the rhyme and reason between like reps and sets, then they have no business treating an athlete. Um because then at the end of the day, when you do finish your, your quote unquote, your rehab is completed and your discharge, you might like good, like look good on paper, but in reality, you might not have touched on half the aspects of your overall like health or like physical fitness or like, you know, sport preparation that you really needed to. Um, then you go back out there, you go back on the field and then you're right back into PT again yeah. because you never address the thing that actually needed mm -hmm. to be addressed or you weren't pushed hard enough in order to do that. Yeah. Um, or you get a new injury. Yeah. And like the other thing that used to drive me nuts is like physical therapists won't load patients. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you are recovering from an injury or yes, we're working on addressing these and like either movement patterns or uh, load intolerance. And they won't put weights in patients' hands because they think it's just too much for them. Well, they were squatting like 250 pounds with shitty form. You've got their form better now. Why wouldn't you try to improve mm -hmm. and load them right now? But it's like, how are you going to know if you don't do it? Yeah. So like, that's another thing. Because and it's I, not like you have to jump straight to 250 either. Exactly. You can gradually work it up. Build build the load in a progression, right? Yeah. Progressive overload. So like, those, those are just some, you know, can you communicate and, you know, do, do you actually have the mindset of you were the athlete and now you want to make athletes better or, you know, better than what they were beforehand? Because clearly how they were and they got injured brought them to you. Um, those are my two really big hangups. I really, I need that in a PT, especially like when I'm looking for people to either work with, um, or, um, even like I would say, even if I was hiring someone, those would be two like make or break. If you can't do that, sorry, you could have been like the highest PT graduating out of Ohio state. And I wouldn't care mm -hmm. because if you can't do strength conditioning stuff, no pass. Sorry. Yeah. Well, in the field that you're in too. Yeah. Because there's so many athletes cycling, cycling in and out. And a lot of it's just for like rehab work, but you have to like understand like the level that the athletes at. And there's, yeah, the, the worst is like if you go to a PT and they are only used to dealing with like, I guess, quote unquote, like normal people or like normal, like mindsets and stuff like that, mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to just like get through my day, mm -hmm. I guess. Like I want to do like something that's like, you want to be active. Yeah. Extraordinary, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Be beyond the point of a, uh, okay, cool. I got out of bed. I could walk to my bathroom without any pain. Yeah. Bend down and tie my shoes. <laughs> Stupid. 
like some of the questionnaires I'm sure you've seen um, where it's like he walked two blocks, you walked a mile. And it's like, this is the threshold of activity we're going to put this all to. Okay, yeah. I think this is a bunch of bull too. Yeah. I could get on my soapbox on those stupid questionnaires, but I won't. Yeah. They're just like the human body used to hunt saber tooth tigers. <laughs> and now, like, yes. it's, yeah. Stupid shit like that. And the insurance companies will sit there and they'll, They'll rake in the revenue and then they'll limit patients based off those stupid questionnaires. It's like, this doesn't even reflect half the crap you actually need to work on. But yeah. well, well there's, I think I saw a thing on Instagram today. They're talking about like this, how decline just America is. With the, yeah. It was the uh, video where the, the old, they wasn't like trying to bash on the lady, but like <laughs> the lady lost her stroller and there's a baby in the stroller and it's heading to the highway i saw that and the, one, yes and the girl just keeps falling and can't physically get up to run down the stroller yeah like to to her credit though she ate crap yeah so like she took a hit <laughs> and she just, she got up and then she fell again she got up like it's not every day that you're bought you need your body to be able to do things like that but yeah. there are scenarios like that for instance like yeah. where your baby's like luckily the dude was there to save it yeah but you should be able to yeah stand up and yeah be able to run Right. 30 meters. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? It could, I, I don't know a lot about childbirthing, so bear with me. But <laughs> oh I mean, it, it could have been like, well, it could have been like her first day that she was like out and like able to walk yeah. or like go and do stuff. So like she's probably still very sore or like, or give her the benefit of yeah. the doubt. But I mean, it, it wasn't looking like she was, she was shady. Yeah. Overweight. Yeah. Your baseline fitness, I think, has like, like, the degree of what people accept as a baseline for like overall health and fitness, I think is so drastically low anymore. Well, they were, yeah, they were talking about like how the dad bots, that's, that's the whole yeah. thing they brought it up was the, the dad, dad bot thing, like how the dad bots in. It's like, well, when it comes to fight or flight, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess I'll just die. Yeah. I guess the benefit of dad bot in theory could take a hit. <laughs> you might not the, be able to deliver anything. Yeah. The ripple effect. <laughs> Like, like rubber force distribution <laughs> yeah. built in airbags yeah man yeah how about you i'm curious so what do you look for in a strength coach um me personally i i tend to lean more towards the been there done that kind of coaches mm-hmm. um i think like with with weights especially like the the heavier the weight um, that has been lifted or whatever, you tend to like respect that person because you're just like, yeah, that's something that I haven't done yet. Or that's very impressive because you tried to get that and just doesn't work out. Um, So I, I tend to look for that, but then there's like a mindset to it all as well. And there's like, just like different aspects of like tapping into that. Um, Like you don't have to, you know, necessarily be like, one of those coaches that are yelling the whole time and like all up in the kid's face and stuff like that. Like there's different personalities that you have to mix with. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of it's like, I mean, e- e- I'm sure Brandon have seen it too. It's uh, 50% of our coaching is more like psychological. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I, I need to like get to know the athletes in order to figure out what makes them like tick. What buttons can I push to where, their performance increases and then what buttons not to push because their performance will decrease, you know? So that's a, that's a big part of it. I think 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think like, yeah. And just, and just knowing just like Brandon said as well, as far as like the cues, you know, like a, a cue that works on like kid a, isn't going to necessarily work for kid B. So like, you have to be able to break all that down and, and I guess like your vocabulary too, like there's mm-hmm. a college athlete is nine times out of 10 going to know more words than a junior high kid, <laughs> you know, and then doors of flex your ankles. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Pick your toes up. <laughs> but yeah, just little stuff like that. And then I don't know something that here lately has been like absolutely just grinding my gears is you you'll see even on like Instagram and then like, it's kind of becoming like a little bit of a trend now, like within our gym, it's uh all the kids want coach and they want cues and stuff like that. But then they have headphones in during the whole lift. Like how are, how are you supposed to hear me and make those corrections? So then you can feel it and, and get it going. So yeah. that's the only thing. Like I, I don't know. I've never needed like a music like stimulant to get me like in the zone. I think that's like um, ah, a lot of people are going to take offense to this. I think that's just weak minded. I think like you, you should like treat it as like a, a job or like a task. Like you can go without your phone or you can go without your music for an hour and like put that time in. I agree with you, especially in like a, you know, in a, in a- Plus, we got music going the whole time, too. I can barely hear my own thoughts. I say, when you're out on the field, when you're in the middle of a competition, you're not going to have headphones in your ears. Right. All right? You're going to have to have the... Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. But I, I think that's, like, good for good for training as well, because I, I think that came from, like, a sports background. Is like, when you're in that zone and you're locked in, you can hear certain voices going off on, like, what you need to correct and stuff. Yeah. And... I think that comes in into a huge role. Like when you're playing football and you're running with the ball and your pads are clinging, your helmet's moving around. And then all of a sudden you can hear your one teammate being like, Oh crap back on your right or something like that. So then you can just juke without even thinking about it. And mm-hmm. you know, soccer, same thing like basketball. Is, that's why a ton of those like no look passes happen. Yeah. It's all like communication. You got to be able to hear it and know your surroundings and hear where all the defenders are like that so yeah i agree with that get the headphones out of your ears yeah but as far as like interns and stuff go i think um a lot of it just has to be they just have to be like more uh vocal or just open like even if you say even if it's wrong right just just own it say it and then like we'll just make the correction later yeah okay no so yeah, the confidence aspect of it. You got to be confident when you're a strength coach. And I think you do. Yeah. Some of the kids can pick you apart, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite though is uh when we are like making fun of the kids and like stuff like that, you know, like they'll the ones that have like finally like uh built up enough confidence where they'll start like chirping back, like man, that just fills my heart with just so much joy. Because I, it's like a confidence factor in that point. I think because mm-hmm. there's a difference between confidence and cockiness, you know. So it's like you can ride that line. But yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I think. Have you guys ever had a coach 
speed coach or a PT that like really like just turned you off. Like either bad cues, didn't really like either articulate things well. Like when you're like, like you just, you didn't understand what they were asking of you. Um, I didn't really have it growing up, but um, I mean, a lot of it was just like your typical small town. Mm-hmm. Like actual school coaches were more like the typical small town political yeah this is your dad type thing. So you get a lot of playing type yeah. stuff, but like go to seminars, like listen to people talk now, like sometimes they almost keep it too professional. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like certain wording or things like that. Yeah. Like we all know what you're talking about, man. You can... Use layman's terms. Yeah. Please. Cause there are some people here that might not be up to speed. Yeah. That lingo. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I never had like a, speed coach or like a strength coach or like a private facility like in high school like I I was pretty blessed with a coach as far as like our strength and conditioning coach like at the high school where he was able to break it down and like you know why we're doing this and and so forth and um but as far as like when I ran track and stuff it was kind of just like I'll do it I'm like well I've I've never done an a skip before couldn't tell you the first thing on how to do that (laughs) but it was wild though, like that one year of track, like how improved like I was after the end of the season, just because I was doing like actual running mechanics and like, you know, just like simple like plyometrics that added up just over that course of the season. But yeah, I think a lot of it's now it's like, I'm going to sound like such an old man, just like the kids just don't realize like how good they actually have it at, at this point. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And they'll probably look back on it, hopefully, later down the, down the line and realize it. Yeah. So. Actually, so, like, what's kind of cool is when I was in high school, like, so, like, I'm surprised you didn't have anything, like, down here being in Tip City. Mm-hmm. Like, we used to drive. So, my brother and I used to drive up to Fast in Lima um, when we were in high school. And it was probably one of the best things we ever did because, um, and I think that's why I was so excited when I first came up here to work in, uh, up in Piqua because then I got to meet you guys and I saw what you guys were about and I was like oh hell yes like it's gonna be sweet um but my brother and I we were in high school we used to go up to Fast and Lima and it was actually fantastic because just the coaching I got there was was really awesome but two people in particular um Gwen and Adam Quirk um like Gwen was fantastic Adam was fantastic like they would always like get on me Maybe we're in Matt Hershey. Matt Hershey was a good dude too, um, or is a good dude. He's not dead. Um, but uh, no, like I, I just noticed a huge difference just from like actually having like a direction with my training as opposed to and nothing against the high school football weightlifting that we did, but like it just seemed like it was not as up to snuff as it could have been. I mean, heck, we were using stuff from like Nebraska, like mm-hmm. from back in like the eighties or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I finally went there and I started training, I started noticing huge progressions in speed and strength and, like, just even, like, my agility. Like, huge changes on the field, too, though. Um, I just feel like if you can get into a good place and start your training young, and you can start building that up, I mean, the sky's the limit, Mm -hmm. right? But not only that, like, you're making, like, habits for life. Like, if I don't train in a day, like, something's off. Like something's definitely off. Um, yeah, there's definitely something to be said about organized, like especially like what you guys do. Um, it's just different level. 
well, it's not your typical high school coaches setting either, where it's like, oh, yeah. you got the dude in charge, and then everybody follows. It's kind of yeah. like there's a combination of, hey, the kids respect us, but we can also have yeah conversations and kids can feel comfortable enough to come talk to us about stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like it, it still catches me off guard on the certain occasions of like how how much the kids like view us because like we're not necessarily a parent, we're not necessarily like a sibling, we're not a friend. It's like a very like almost like a unicorn esque, where like we're a therapist, but like we're cool and they leave <laughs> us alone after a while. Just kind of that ra- random funkle in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, party. Funkle. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, because then, you know, if they start crying, we just give them back to the parents. Like, ah, I took that one too far. Catch you next time. <laughs> uh, I mean, no. Yeah, I agree with mm-hmm. that. I think a lot of that's just, like, you got to be able to, like, walk the walk, though. Like, I think that's where a lot of people, like, if you got somebody that's smart as shit but can't, like, throw some weight on their back and squat it, yeah, not going to get a that much into it but you got a guy that's too serious then that's just kind of a turnoff but yeah you got a guy you can mess around with but they can also do yeah. some shit that's yeah, where they, that's where you're gonna keep the respect and yeah. then hopefully when i get to that point in my age where i'm still doing this i just have enough street cred yeah right <laughs> and uh, well yeah like expanding upon that was like you know i don't think i've ever been so upset i guess just like at at, at an overall coach when we were at that one like powerlifting meet and there was a there was a girl there that so you wear like a single ply suit it's essentially just like a very tight canvas mm-hmm. um but like in terms of like the those squat suits tighter is not all, all necessarily better mm-hmm. so like you have a coach it's just like oh like this one's tighter and you can like barely get down so like we'll just put more weight on you and it'll push you down no, that's not how it works. Like that's going to be so counterintuitive yeah. because like they have to be strong enough to manipulate the suit. So it's a different type of strength that you have to have them in. And I think like having a coach that is like worn those, worn that stuff is like a big, a big difference. And I, I think that speaks for itself because the, the first year that we went to state, we had a girl never put it on before in her life, coached her all the way through it. Form was fine. One state. You know, the the very next year, a boy had never been into it. He was curious about it. We found one that fit him. I think he squatted 75 pounds more than he's ever, like, had on his back. But it's it's one of those where it's like you your coach is, like, d- directly backspotting you and telling you exactly how it's all going to feel. Mm-hmm. Like, a coach that hasn't been in those positions or felt that kind of a pressure, like, they're not going to know. So, like, you have the girl that's just, like, sitting there bawling her eyes out because her legs are purple, her feet are numb, she can't she can't stand up. And then, like, you have, I think it was, like, three of her teammates trying to pull this squat suit off of her. Like, it's just, it's embarrassing. Holy shit. You know, and you're, and you're doing that in front of the parents. It's just, I was very upset that day. I, I felt, imagine. and I felt terrible for her because... It's it's a whole different level of like claustrophobia, I guess, if you will. No, thank you. Pass. Yeah, that was a random rant. Got that one <laughs> in for the day. <laughs> How much did the vibe change whenever at Westside when Louie kind of couldn't get in the rack as much? 
I wasn't around for that part. So I was, I was in more so in like the later years. And to me, at least, I always looked at him like, because you could tell when he was frustrated in us without like telling us that he was frustrated because he would go do like a set of like uh, wheelbarrow shrugs or he would do like standing ab crunches, but he would do sets for like five or 10 minutes without dropping the weight. Like the, the dude would just like go into a whole different place. And it was just like, he was in a way he was setting the example of like where your head needs to be while within those walls. And I, I think that's what like my rant about the headphones and stuff was like going to it's there. It's almost just like develop like an alter ego, just, just for an hour. You can be whoever the hell you want. Like if you're like a preppy white kid that comes from a million dollar home, like be a gangster for an hour, be dirt poor, you know, and like try to make it out, make it out the mud or whatever you want to say, you know, it's just like anything. So I think that, played a role, but it was, there was always a, res- a respect level for him too. Like when it came to stuff like that, like visitors and stuff, like they never like, you know, um, but he was never one to like care about getting his like ass kicked or ass kissed. Like he very much wanted you to like kind of chirp at him and like stuff like that. Like he want he, he wanted to be like a training partner. He didn't want to be viewed as a coach. Yeah. So again, very thankful to be there and have met him and hung out with him a lot. That's fucking sick. Yeah. All right. Well, it kind of got sad. So let's end it. <laughs> Rest in peace, dude. You old fuck. <laughs> well, we hope you guys enjoyed um, today's conversation. Uh, we will see you guys in the next episode.